0: A hearty welcome to you to the Nerdist Podcast. A couple of quick, quick, quick announcements. September 24th, the Nerdist TV special on BBC America at ten nine central. After a little show called Doctor Who. And then guess what? The Doctor himself, Matt Smith, will be on the show, along with a genius guest, Craig Ferguson. So they'll be there. Please watch the show. And I will... Hug you if I ever see you in person If, if you do uh, Also October 14th We're going to be doing two shows At the Gramercy Theater In New York City That's um, a 7.30 and a 10.30 show I think the 10.30 may be sold out There's probably some few tickets left For the 7.30 uh, on October 22nd We'll be at the Aladdin Theater In Portland November 6th We'll be at the 9.30 Club In D.C. And then November 8th At the Iron Horse Music Hall In Northampton, Massachusetts So information for all that stuff Is at Nerdist.com And uh, that's all the announcements right now so, so please enjoy the Nerds Podcast uh, with Mr. Tom Green. Also, just a quick note, uh, more hostful episodes coming soon. Uh, Matt, Joan, and I have all been crazy busy working on our respective jobs and have had uh, much difficulty all getting into a room at the same time. So uh, we will we will come back with more of those soon. So uh, thanks for sticking with us after a, a couple-week break from those. All right, all right, all right, I'm going to shut now. Okay, okay, shutting up. Okay, all right.
1: Okay. Now entering... Nerdist.com.
2: 1996. 2006.
0: 2006. Well, this would have been cutting edge in 1996, yes, recording onto CDs. We have,
2: to, we have to output onto compact discs. <laughs> and then take those and burn them onto a.
0: All right. Yeah, that, that should be. Really, your mic's right yeah. there. You can put the headphones cool. on. We're already recording the show. All right. Yeah, that's it. We've, we've started. We've officially started. All right, I like officially starting stuff. Let's move that leave that microphone closer to your There we go. Perfect. Okay,
1: is that part on the air? Yeah, that was all on the air. Okay. So then really did officially start when you said it. <laughs> I really did. That's there's
0: cool. there's no real official start to the show. Oh, really? It's a quasi professional operation but You just said we officially started. I guess I did. Is yeah. that not really but the official this, start? I just I just negated my own my
2: own thesis statement. There's mm. no fanfare though. We just kind of stumble into recording. No. <laughs> <You> <laughs> we
1: ever should any... have fanfare. Do you ever mix yeah. anything in after like no. some um, applause or anything or no.
0: some mu- music maybe, like maybe a little music. Jonah so bad wants a sound effects board to turn this into a morning zoo show.
2: I would love to. I love it. Yeah. Like the whole, I would like something like this where it's just farts and um yeah. awesome power sounds. and other yeah. farts Parts. You
1: can do that. What uh, about an opening theme song, though? You think maybe that might help?
2: We got, we got, we have. I a mean, theme. I'm not
1: saying you guys need help. You're here in the middle of Beverly Hills in this amazing studio. <laughs> clearly, this is <laughs> clearly this, you're doing something right. This Could, is uh, we sold You know, when souls. I hear podcast, I think sitting in a bus shelter somewhere, talking into a a cell phone or something. Humble like beginnings. That. Yep, yep.
0: Yeah, no, those fun. are the old days, like yeah, last yeah. year, like last year. Oh, now, it's you're all now in your it's own all studio, snazzy. Ryan Seacrest's Studio. That's right. He and doesn't know we're here. Yeah, you just barge in here. We sneak in uh, under the radar. Professional
1: we're... microphones. Yep. A professional audio engineer. Yep. Um, he
0: doesn't actually work for
1: us. Well, oh, Make I'm sorry, Nick. Big,
0: Nick, get back to work. Yeah. Who are not even listen? It's cool. So, as, uh, <laughs> uh, when, so when people
1: him. download the show, yes, sir. Well, like, how's that? Work? How, where how are they going to find it? How are they going to find it?
0: Well, we have a we have uh, an audience of people who already listen to the show, yeah. and then. Uh, they either get it on the internet through the RSS feed, or they get it uh, through iTunes, or through any other number of uh, delivery systems, and that's how that's how they okay, get cool. it. Yeah. yeah, that's good.
2: Yeah,
0: I am
1: excited to talk to all of them. Now, Tom, how are you guys doing?
2: Everybody, them, ev-
1: every- them everybody okay. listening, how are you guys doing?
0: We're okay, Tom.
1: Oh, good, good. That's. It's great, to, great to be here. i you doing
0: so good. But you, yeah. st- now, now, when you started. Did you start on a public access channel in Canada? I did. Yeah. So, I'm so sort this is ki- sort, sort of ki- like we yeah. almost. You were sort of doing a version of podcasting early on.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of kidding around with you guys. I, I've been involved in this sort of. Uh, yeah, you know, you know, I'm kidding around. Yes, 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 yes. I don't have yes. to say, I'm kind of no, kidding no, around. No, 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 no. Obviously, I'm kidding. We get around. irony. Yeah, obviously, we're just joking around here. We're right having now. We're having fun. We haven't friends. even really started. Not at all. Any sort of an interview yet? Nope. I don't think you guys have even introduced me to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Tom Green, he's here. Yeah, exactly. People uh, it, might, for all, for all anybody knows, they're listening to someone else. You know. Yeah. But I that when I said how do they find it, I thought maybe like. It said, you know, podcast with, with me or something. So they would will know. say it, it will, will, they they will say they read it. They read it. They
0: read it. If they yeah. if do they read, they might have Some read it off read of their do screens. People,
2: does anyone read?
0: It's or like listening downloaded. with your eyes. Yeah. It's like yeah. listening with your eyes. They could read Reading. it on the screen. They could read it they on, could on the see screen. That it was
1: me, even though I wasn't haven't really yet been officially
0: introduced. It could be a with, weird psychic link yeah. that they just automatically like, I feel the presence of Tom Green somewhere near a mobile device. And then you guys could introduce
1: me now, but then a lot of people listening might not even know who I am, you know? I, I would venture
0: to guess that everyone listening knows who you are. Everyone? You think every, every single, single person? Every If, if wow. people know who I am, I well, guarantee you they know who wow. you are. Well, I
1: don't even have to be here then. No, you
0: you automatically promote yourself just, just by being Tom on. Green.
1: I'm doing a, a, a show in Boston. You're doing se- it at the Wilbur. At the Wilbur. Which is an awesome theater. September 30th. This is a very... Imp- Uh, exciting show for me because we're doing my first uh, television special, stand-up television special, filming it, and I've been touring, doing stand-up for the last... uh, I've been on the road for like two years now, pretty much non-stop. I've traveled all over the world. I was just in Australia, Mm -hmm. I was in Afghanistan, I was in Scotland, I was in London, I was all over Canada, everywhere in the US, and uh, my shows are selling out everywhere. We're having huge laughs. People are going crazy. It's pandemonium. Massive, massive, massive... uh, uh, laughs, constant, constant, uh, uh, insane laughs. laughs. Um, so uh, Wait, how uh, insane? It's insanity, like man. Maniacal it's maniacal laughter? It's, honestly, that's the most exciting thing that I've ever done in my life right now, doing stand-up comedy. I, I wanted to do it. I did it when I was a teenager. And then I started my show on public access, and I did my show for many years, and it was on MTV, and I was always sort of secretly thinking, you know, I really would like to be on the road full-time doing stand-up and getting up in front of people in, in, as opposed to just talking to a television camera, which mm-hmm. can be a very isolating experience, you know, and it's yeah. a very bureaucratic experience putting a television show together, whereas just getting out independent, getting up in front of crowds, it's been fun. So so it's a very exciting time for me right now. I'm very excited about this uh, stand-up comedy special I'm shooting, and that's actually why I'm really happy that you guys asked me to come on the show because I know you have a, a millions... Of listeners and anybody anybody who's anywhere near Boston, uh, please get in your car and get to Boston on September 30th. Do me a favor: go on your Twitter or your Facebook page right now, if you're listening, and tweet this for me, or 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 Facebook, put it on your wall. Say, "Hey, let's go to Boston September 30th," Mm -hmm. and tell them what it is: my show, Tom Green at the Wilbur Theater.
0: It's Which again fun. is a phenomenal theater. Yeah, a I performed theater. there earlier in the year. It's it's amazing. Yeah,
1: it's it's it did yeah. Is isn't it a great spot? Yeah,
0: it's gorgeous. It's it's a beautifully restored old theater. It's in a great part of town. Uh, the people were really nice. You're gonna you're gonna love you're gonna love the Wilbur Theater. It's oh, it's really fantastic.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's uh it's exciting. You know, I just was at the Edinburgh Comedy Festival. I in read Scotland.
0: all the reviews and yep. they were all. Uh, Overwhelmingly positive. Yeah, it was really exciting. Which is tough. Which is a tough thing, I think, to get for Edinburgh. Yeah, um, there are thousands of shows. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and uh, they're very very. Uh, they take their stand up very seriously. Did you do the whole the- month or did you do a, a shorter I did run? Two
1: weeks. I did. I did twelve shows mm-hmm. uh, nightly, every night at eleven till midnight, and then uh, and I had a great time. And uh, yeah, it was uh, it was it was just awesome. It was awesome. You know, I, like I said, I've been kind of really have been. Mm performing and writing jokes in this show with the idea of putting it together for a special in mind Mm -hmm. so so it's it's something that i'm not really just getting up every night and just sort of winging it obviously (laughs) i have a very sort of structured thing that i'm i'm working on and and writing new things for and adding and subtracting from really on a daily basis for the last couple years and I'm actually really looking forward to doing this special because uh, then I can start over and uh, write some, some some start you know like I I mean every 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 week I get on stage I'm doing a lot of new material and it's it's different but I want to start in just sort of a new theme and start start from scratch. Is how do you how do you oh, go ahead, John? Is
2: that something you're going to continue to do? You think like each year a new hour?
1: Yeah, I think so. Absolutely. Maybe not each year. Maybe maybe Eight you years. know maybe something like that. But yeah.
0: uh, a new hour you know, every year is tough. I, Louis I mean Louis C.K. can do it. Because you know. he's a wizard of some sort, but and, and I don't
1: really, really look at it so much like that. Like I, I'm starting to improvise a lot more in my show, and you know now than when I wasn't when I first jumped on stage when I was really just writing material and and ideas. And uh,
0: but uh, how do you write? How do you how do you write versus... I mean, for your show, which was really you know <laughs> a lot of like social experiment, <laughs> where you sort of go out and fuck with people. How much of that? how much of that i mean obviously there's a certain Im- improv element to it cuz you don't know how people are going to react but i've always
1: felt very strongly even on my television show in fact probably why i started my television show that you know there was a you know the point of the show was to try to smash the conventions of traditional tv mm-hmm. and the way we perceive that television is made and by doing things like putting poo in a microphone sticking them under someone's nose and noticing that nobody that the person You know, it becomes mesmerized by the camera and doesn't (laughs) notice that there's a piece of dog poo in their face. You know, of course, it's funny on a very silly and childish level, which is why we all laugh when we see it. But it's also making a point, which is we're all nuts. You know, and then TV is very, very. You know, so with you know with you know, I've always had this sort of this sort of desire to kind of take on the status quo and 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 poke fun at of at the world in that way, and and stand up has uh, been. Honestly, probably the place where I'm able to do it more than anywhere else because mm-hmm. you're on stage, you have a whole hour to talk, and um, you can really get into a little bit more detail as opposed to on television where you're dealing with three minute clips and you're sort of really just, uh, you know, uh, uh, you're running everything through this corporate structure and you've got editors and writers and you never really get to know a person and what the, the way they feel about something right. as a performer. And so, you know, I'm talking about all sorts of different things and I'm, I'm very, pa- I guess to answer your question, how do I write? I start by things that I'm passionate about that I feel are ridiculous, that I feel are wrong with the world, you know, and uh, th- when when, an I- when something like that pops into my head, I'll make a note of it, I'll remember that, I'll think about it for a few days, maybe, maybe the joke itself pops into my head right away. I'm always making lists of things. Mm-hmm. I really am very sort of mechanical about it. To be honest with you, I write it down in my phone. I've got you know notes, 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 and then I uh, I uh, usually sit down and write it up. You know, uh, pretty much word for word, uh, what I think would be the funniest way of approaching it in the cadence of stand up, and then I get up and I try it, and then I massage it and work it out on the road for for a period of time. I think it's nothing really sort of uh, abnormal about the way I write, really. Right. And uh, and uh, but I love it. I love doing it. And I love I love I love you know I'm I'm talking a lot in my show about our addiction to technology and Facebook addictions and people can't get off their cell phones and things that are going on you know with the you know, I talk about politics. I talk about things in the media. I talk about lots of sort of um, different types of subjects. I talk about things that I've gone through in my personal life. But, uh, you know, I'm having a lot of fun with it. It's a very silly, ridiculous show. I'm running around. I run around a lot. There's a lot of... It's loud at times. I like to get <laughs> into people's face in the audience. It's, it's a, it's a, I, 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 I'm really trying not to be sort of, uh, you know, ashamed... Uh, of being silly sure because so because i don't want i don't want to be sitting there preaching away to a crowd about how they're addicted to their cell phone for an hour like i'm some sort of authority on it i really want people laughing and having a good time so do you prefer
0: um some people feel differently about this on either side of the topic, but do, do you do you find it more challenging or fun to perform for people who already know who you are and so they're already kind of on your side? Or do you sort of like the challenge of, because I'm sure in Edinburgh you had a bit of people coming to shows and they maybe weren't familiar with you and you had to kind of win them over a little bit. Do you, do you, do you like that challenge?
1: Um, you know, I do. I mean, to be honest with you, in Edinburgh it was just like everywhere else it's been. You know, the fun... Th- the funny thing about YouTube and the internet which is amazing is it's reinvigorated life into every single comedy bit that I've ever shot in the last 20 years mm-hmm. from me painting my parents house plaid to you know the slut mobile to, the sl- to you know the slut-mobile. to stuff that I've been doing recently <laughs> on my website like rapping with Exhibit or Flavor Flave or or you know everything I've done has sort of all become new again in a way and so when I'm in Scotland, or whether I'm in Scotland or Toronto or Chicago or, or Sydney, Australia, the audience pretty much knows this huge breadth of, of, of bits that I've done. They sh- sometimes I'll shout. So to be honest with you, that can be a distraction mm-hmm. to me sometimes. When people are, when people, you know, uh, but uh, I, I've, I've, I've developed a way of, of, of incorporating it all into my show so that it's, it, the energy from the crowd really, really pushes me. And pushes the show into a crazy place. That's
0: the kind of shit that drives Chappelle crazy sometimes. When people are like, yeah. they yell Rick James at me. Like, yeah. can I just do my jokes, yeah.
1: please? So I found a way to kind of, kind of uh, actually control the audience to a certain extent. You know, uh, I mean, I don't want to get into it too much detail because I don't want people to know how I do it. Sure. You know, because then they'll change the show. And of then course, then people know where I'm coming from. We don't but want I, the mu-
0: we don't but, want the virus to mutate.
1: But there's certain <laughs> ways you can kind of speak to a crowd and control a crowd and keep heckling to a certain level yeah. and and uh and uh and uh i apply the, these things that i've kind of figured out over the last 2 years it's very it's a, it's a good question because it's a very specific thing that deals with me you know I'm, with, with that that um that applies to uh to uh, my show mm-hmm. is uh, that i do have you know if when if i'm playing at in uh, in 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 boston or chicago or or you know, half the audience is there because they are here to see a comedy show the other half of the audience is there because they're big fans of the MTV show or mm-hmm. Freddie Got Fingered, you know, mm-hmm. which is a completely different type of person. Half my audience sometimes maybe has never even been to a stand-up show before. You right. know? And they're screaming out, Daddy, would you like some sausage and things like <laughs> that. But at the end of the day, they're so passionate and excited to be there that the energy in the room is this big sort of thing, which I you know play into, and that's why my show's a very high-energy show. I wouldn't be able to go out, I don't think, and just stand there and just sort of tell jokes in one spot for an hour because... Because I think there's so much energy in the room that I have to keep it kind mm-hmm. of big. Do you yeah. feel
2: that you have to somehow uh, teach the audience that's never been to a show before, like how to act during it? Like uh, to, you know, like you were saying, you settle them down. But is it normally just the uh, old Tom Green show fans?
1: Well, not, You know, the thing is, it's good. Is I've gotten a good rhythm with it now. Where at the end of the day, the people that watch my old show on MTV, you know, that was still had a a comedy rhythm to it. You know, mm-hmm. it was television, but it was still set up. Laugh, set up, laugh, set up, laugh. And I think people are expecting something along that line. So I think what's cool about the people that have never seen my stand up before, they aren't really sure what it's going to be. Whether they're big fans of my old stuff or just big fans of stand up, you know, they don't know what it's going to be. And so I'm able to kind of use that to my advantage right now, you know, which is cool. I'm excited about the special coming up because then people will know what it's going to be. And then, uh, then, uh, you know, as I continue doing stand up into the future, uh, you know, it will it will probably uh, is that scary. Even, is even that scarier
0: easier. in a yeah. way, though? Is it scarier because when you're when you're when you're putting your stand up out there, it's your. I mean, it really is. M- I mean, your show was definitely you, but it was kind of one facet of you. But since your stand-up is so many different elements of who you are, really who you are, and what you genuinely care about, is there any sort of like, oh, I've, I, don't, I hope people are cool with this, or do you, do you honestly, are you more minded of like, listen, I push it out there, people like it or they don't like it, and that's out of my control? Um, you know,
1: I've I've, I've... I've sort of got a slightly different perspective on on well, what I wanna do with this with stand up than than I maybe have had in the past even. You know, a lot of times in the past, especially when I was a bit younger, you know, the goal was to really piss off the audience. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of comedians do this. Definitely young
0: comedians. Yeah. They love to fuck with they love and, that.
1: And I think I think sometimes when you're young you do that out of a uh, element of fear. Yes. Which is, you know, you know, well, just in case they don't get me, well, I'm going to really piss them off. And then half the people will love it because half the people are pissed off. And it's a fun technique, and I love doing
0: and it. And it also allows you to yeah. control the outcome because yeah. you know, like, well, yeah. I know no, this is going to piss people off, no, so I, I meant control that. I piss everyone off. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah.
1: So, you know, I've gotten really good at identifying when I'm going down that road. That's not to say that I'm not doing it all the time, but it's a certain amount of, uh, of, of, of the pacing of a show. I will do things that will really uh, play with an audience's... Uh, Feelings. I will say something that might be upsetting to a certain amount of people, but then I'll, you know, go to another joke that would sort of whiplash them right back into a sort of a different place. So the, I think sometimes, certainly, more conservative people in the audience are sort of trying to figure out exactly who I am and what I stand for throughout the show. And at the same time, they're also agreeing with me. So it's uh it's a fun It's a fun thing, and uh, I think you know it's 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 taken me probably a lot of years to figure out that you know it's not always you know to just figure out that rhythm you know so that it's just not constantly battering people over the head with stuff that is just so outrageously offensive that you lose the audience as a whole and doing sure. stand up has been great, you know because you have you know a focus group in front of you every night of five hundred people, a thousand people they're sitting there, you know are they uh you can, I can feel the energy of an audience. Absolutely, when half the crowd is sort of like, "Oh, wait a minute, I don't know about how I feel about that," <laughs> and the other half is like, "Yeah, f- you know, can I swear on here? Yes. You know, yeah, fuck that. That's right on. You know." So it's like, you know, I've kind of shape the show in a way where when i get that feeling that i got i've got some polarizing jokes i don't do too many of those in a row you know Mm -hmm. and then i go to one that's like if i do a joke some jokes that are really polarizing and offending the more conservative people then i might follow it up with something that they're gonna really respond to and then it's sort of a little bit of a roller coaster ride for everybody that's
0: really i mean what what happened with you and the mtv show uh, was was this sh- and please forgive me for not knowing this was was your show i imagine your show must have been pretty big in canada before it came to the states or was it sort of a gem that mtv plucked out i'm not even sure what was what was that it was
1: uh it was a essentially an underground sort of cult show in canada it was beginning to pop up there i did it for about five years on a public access tv station in ottawa canada and uh, which is you know not exactly show business central for canada (laughs) that's toronto or vancouver but it's you know or montreal but i was in ottawa and the show sort of plugged along me and some friends of mine made this show and uh just voluntarily and it sort of grew and became this big thing in ottawa relatively big amongst young people who were into you know college radio and stuff like that and uh you know it was just starting to kind of break in canada we got picked up by the comedy network in canada in mm-hmm. the first season of the comedy network and we did, did two years of that show and i was just starting to go on some of the more national television shows in canada mm-hmm. and was actively trying to get a some sort of you know job out of it you know i, I was had been volunteering doing it for 5 years so i was had my tapes i was sending my tapes to everybody and and uh mtv included and they uh they responded to it saw you know i had about 700 comedy bits on video that were ready to air mm-hmm. and that stuff started circulating around mtv and they picked it up so it was uh it was sort of uh like you know you know one of those sort of really kind of it like a punk band getting a record deal you know it was, it was it amazing was a real interesting story you know that was really a life-changing thing you know but i i wrote you know i've, I've written about this on my website i've Talked about this, you know, is you know it was uh, you know if you if you you know I, we really did focus on this thing for you know almost ten years you know before before it had any real success you know so it was uh, it was pretty exciting. MTV uh, hooked me up in a big way you know because <laughs> it, it changed everything at that the, point. The,
0: the ten year so. overnight success story.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah, I think that's kind of why in America, unless people are, are paying attention or people that are actually really fans of mine. Uh, but outside of that, if, if, if people who weren't really paying attention to exactly how it all went down, I don't think really understood where I came from. Just, right. This show came on MTV and it was just so outrageous. And, you know, because we basically repackaged seven years of shows and took all our favorite stuff and put it into 10 episodes. Mm-hmm. And it kind of hammered people, you know, over the head because it was just sort of. It was just shockingly funny. I was Those working at MTV at the same time were as completely you. Completely ridiculous. We were work-
0: I was working there at the same time that show came on, and mm-hmm. I remember. I mean, it, it almost instantly you became a part of American pop culture, like a really big part of American pop culture. Yeah, yeah. And and you know, like when people start sort of referring to you the way that they do, you know, it's like, oh, that's a Tom Green thing. Like if someone fucks with someone in public, like you you sort of became. Like an an adjective, you like pretty quickly, did that was did you have any sense of that, or did it feel like yes, finally, or were you sort of like exhausted at the end of the finish line, like oh oh god, I'm so finally? Uh. No, I was I was it
1: was the most exciting thing to have happened in, at that point in my life. You know, it was amazing. You know, it was it was a dream come true. You know, and you know all of a sudden you're on Letterman and your Oprah's bringing you bringing you and your parents on and flying your parents off to Tahiti and all the, and you're like, what's going on? Do you here?
0: feel more pressure at that point? Because yeah, before, you feel a lot more pressure. Because before, <laughs> and, and I and before, and I, I feel like this is kind of what hap- was happening with Chappelle's show too. When he would, I brought him up twice already. this show, I don't know why, but because he's amazing. But his for the first season of his show, it's like, oh, we're flying under the radar. We can do whatever we want. And then all yeah. of a sudden. Super famous, and then there's a lot. Of, it's like, oh, okay. What What are you going to do now, where's funny catch, guy? Where's the
2: catchphrases now?
0: Yeah, yeah. So how do you how do you how do you sort of wrap your mind around that?
1: Oh, it's 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 a whole process, and it it takes years to figure it out, really. And and it, and and you don't have years. You know, it's happening instantly every day. So, you know, it's it's cool. I mean, I'm I'm actually you know, able to look back at that period of my life and think, wow, you know, it's, it's, it's funny how I reacted to certain things as they were happening, but, you know, cause it is slightly overwhelming, you know, all of a sudden, you know, forget about just, you know, what am I going to do on the show this week, but just sort of just getting, adjusting to how all of a sudden people act differently around mm-hmm. you, how the world sort of really does change your, and, uh, and, uh, so, you know, it's, it's, uh, you're sort of, uh, you know, dealing with a lot of that and learning how to how to how to adjust and still do your comedy show and all of that stuff. But uh, yeah, it was it was very exciting. It's it's it continues to be exciting. You know, like if MTV hadn't picked up my show, I wouldn't be able to tour around the world doing stand up right sure. now. I've done my web show, which has been you know it's it's been awesome. You know, there's been a lot of people all around who've just really stuck with me. You know, and uh, and uh, and that's what I love about doing stand up is I get to go to a different city every week and I get to see all you know. All these people that are the hardcore fans of my old stuff, who've stuck with me mm-hmm. and are there to support what I do, and and we have a great night. And then I also get to also, uh, you know, uh, do something that's very traditional as far as the, you know, stand-up comedy. It's pretty much the most traditional form of comedy I've done, and uh, and
0: uh, and appealed to a new group of people who maybe haven't even seen seen me before. And you were sort of you. I remember when you first kind of launched the Tom Green like web portal where you know, it was like you're doing interviews in your house and, you yeah. know, um, has that? how many years has that been now? Five years it's been ago. Five years. Yeah, because I and remember I just, you. I just stopped. It's on hiatus. so I'm
1: not doing any more shows from my house. The studio has gone. Oh, you got rid you of know, it. Yeah. People don't really know that yet because there's so much, you know, there's thousands of these shows floating around YouTube and on my website on TomGreen.com and people can uh, go watch them. And we've had so many great guests and I had so much support from the creative community here in L.A., and, and so there's all this information flying around, there. the perception is I'm doing a show in my living room, but I actually just stopped doing it about, about six months ago, and, uh, and um, you know, I will do more web-based programming again,
0: but right now I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not. You're doing, the, you're doing the stand-up, too. Yep. I mean, the stand, yep. doing the stand-up, it, like, especially if you're working up to a special, you really gotta focus on that. Yeah,
1: <laughs> exactly. Oh, you know, I'm on the road full-time. I come home for a few days here and there every month, and when I'm there, I just kind of want to be able to sit in my living room on a couch. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> not look at a bunch of cameras, you know? When, does the, uh, when is the special coming out that you're shooting? Uh, I'm not sure the exact air date. It'd probably be in the new year, though. Okay. February or something
0: like that. Cool. Yeah. Well, the Wilbur is an amazing place. Yeah, to...
1: everybody listening, come to the Wilbur's Wilbur, Theater. September 30th. Tell everybody on your Facebook page, on your MySpace
0: to come to the. Uh,
2: you don't want anyone telling anyone anything.
0: on MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> your Friendster. Go on your Friendster account. Jonah, you got to get one of them friend adders on MySpace. I, I don't. You got to get I, as many friends as possible. I don't think, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you got to get one of them automatic I'm friend still adders. i trying to figure out <laughs> blinking. Will you put me in your top eight? <laughs> sure. Can I be in your top eight? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ooh, that was a weird. That was a thing. Was oh, thing. Hey, yeah. man, why don't you take me out of your top eight? <laughs> yeah. When did you when did you kind of start to were, were you always pretty, pretty digitally? Because I, I, I'm fascinated to talk to you about because you do talk about addiction to technology. Um, but you also have stuff that heavily relies on the technology platform. So yep. what's your you know, what, what's your sort of give and take? What's your what's your healthy balance between those two?
1: Well, I canceled my Facebook. I'm not on Facebook. You
0: canceled it. Yeah. Wow.
1: I uh, deactivated it. You're uh-huh. not actually able to cancel it. That I-, I think you can now, but for a while you couldn't. Nah, they'll even keep all it. your information forever. Yeah. Yeah. So I de deac- There's no Facebook page. There is a a like page which I don't run or operate, which is right. operated by uh, you know a viewer of my web show. Uh, but um, I'm on Twitter at Tom Green Live. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love playing with the Twitter. I mess with the the Twitter a lot. I'm, you know, as I'm traveling around, it's kind of fun to be able to roll into a new city or place and send out a tweet and see who's around and what happens. It's mm-hmm. interesting. And I don't really sort of have the same sort of overall uh sort of issues with it as far as it's, it's I don't just really don't think it's sort of as invasive mm-hmm. as Facebook right. As the way it connects everybody in the world and in your life and your past and your present and together I just I think there's something wrong with that. So I've I've got off Facebook, but you know I've always been really a huge uh, technology geek, you know. I started tomgreen.com in 1996 when I was on Rogers Cable. I had, wow. a te- I had a television show on the public access station and I had a website on the internet Tom Green, and you can go on a thing called waybackmachine.org which is an internet archive mm-hmm. and you can type in tomgreen.com and you can see every version of the website over the last you know, 15 years or so. Oh, that's um, fantastic. So yeah. I, I actually,
0: can't, I'm kind of curious
1: to do yeah, that. Yeah, so see, you can sort of see all these different uh, graphical layouts. And, you know, when we started, you couldn't do video, obviously. Could be, I remember a few years later, we started putting audio clips up, you know, as soon as you could do that. Um, you know, in like the late 90s, I had, in, you know 99, 2000, maybe, I did a thing where I had my cell phone set up so I could call and leave an answering machine message and it would post on on my uh, website automatically so Mm -hmm. i was doing that all over the place interviewing people and stuff but you know it was a completely different world then it was really appealing to hardcore technological geeks Mm -hmm. it wasn't something that was mainstream 99.9 percent of people if you told them hey go to my website and listen to uh you know, my audio interviews that I'm doing, they wouldn't have even really known how to What's do it. What's that now? What yeah. are you talking about? Yeah, exactly. So, so, it was, but it was it was more coming from a, a a passion for being sort of on the cusp of technology. I started this, I was in this rap group when I was a teenager and I think a lot of that started because I just found out that, hey, you can make music and, and record it in your bedroom and I went and bought, you know, a, a MIDI keyboard and an Atari computer and linked it all up together with a four track and started recording music. So, So I think that's probably why my web show started as early as it did too. I was sort of amazed five years ago. Wow, we can stream live on the internet! I got to put five cameras in my living room, run them through a switcher, (laughs) and start inviting comedians up here and uh, doing you know living my dream of hosting
0: you know a Tonight Show, a David Letterman show, you know. But it definitely seems like throughout, like it sounds like everything that you've done, there's a very kind of entrepreneurial sort of oh, I'm just going to make the thing I want. I'll just make this thing that I want. Yeah. Like going back to even what you just said about, about <laughs> I'll just record a rap album because yeah. I can.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, I've I always got frustrated by the sort of roadblocks that could put in your path by these bureaucratic television networks and, and, and radio stations and things. Even when I was a kid, I'd go to the local radio station and try to get a radio show and, you know, you'd write up a whole proposal to them and they wouldn't put you on the air. Meanwhile, I was over at the college station Doing like this really fun, silly show, and you were able to sort of sit back and go, "Wait a minute! There's a need for some loose sort of raw guerrilla radio TV that's not there." And uh, I've always sort of gone and tried to find ways to make it happen outside of the system, you know, because sometimes you can't, you you know, you you can't really do what you want to do within the system. To be honest with you, even when you're, even when you're. You know completely successful and and running a network you know you still ultimately have to sit you know you still ultimately have someone coming back to you saying, "Well, you can't really do that here you know and uh that's what's great about the internet and that's what's great about stand up you know you can do you can say whatever you want to say mm-hmm. you know you can you know you can frame it the way however you want to frame it uh you don't have to uh
0: you know editorialize it for Reasons that have nothing to do. I can with, imagine with so with many of those meetings. Yeah. I can imagine so many of those meetings of you early on. When people are like, "Tom Green, we got to get Tom Green on our thing." Tom, we want you to be you. We want you to be edgy. We want, and then you start doing stuff, and they're like, "Tom, you know, we have sponsors. You can't, uh, you can you can't do that." Or this other guy wants to write a joke for you. It's not even always about sponsors either. It's it's really sometimes it's just about
1: this bureauc- bureaucracy that exists, right? Every you know, you're working with a large group of people. And everybody's got their own ideas and everybody wants to contribute. So you sort of, in order to really, you know, uh, have, have, a, have a, a happy, comfortable crew of people making a show or a movie, you kind of have to make compromises so that everyone is able to, to work together and have sure. fun and actually make the finished show and that's not a bad thing it's just a different thing it's a right. completely different thing you know the upside is that you get you know a huge distribution network you get promotion you're appealing more to a mainstream you know crowd and uh and uh and also people have good ideas you know so but it's it's not necessarily you don't necessarily always get your true Creative rocks off of going. I just want to go up and say this, 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 and I don't care what anyone else thinks. So
0: I think some people kind of need that structure, though, because yeah. in, in in a lot of senses, the structure of telling you you can't do certain things, I think, forces you to be more creative in a lot of in a lot of ways. Yeah. Some some people, some sort of creative geniuses that I've seen go off and be allowed to do whatever they want. You're just kind of like, oh, that that needed a little bit of structure. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's not such a bad thing. That's what I love about stand up is the. The, those rules
1: that are being placed on you aren't coming from some executive who's sort of in his first job and he's really, you know, he can't screw this show up or he's not going to get promoted. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not coming from one guy or a group of ten people. It's coming from an audience. Mm-hmm. So it's coming from, and it's not an audience that's there for any reason other than to laugh. So right. you know, they're not worried about their job. They're not worried about getting a raise. They're not worried about getting fired. They just want to have a good time. So if you use that as your way of guiding you, you know it's 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 definitely uh,
0: it's uh, almost a, a binary bet, system. Yeah. It's a binary system of of positives and negatives with an audience. If they're <laughs> laughing, it's a positive. They're not yeah. laughing, negative. Yeah, exactly. So, um, do you? Why are Canadians so fucking funny? I I don't I I love Canadian comedy. Love it. Yeah. Uh, it's there's and, and also I feel like there's a little bit of a bleed over with some of uh you know some of the border states in america there's a certain mindset that comes from that region that's very dry but also it's clear that you're in, that you're intelligent and in a lot of that's so, like what what is and it how do you define canadian
1: comedy because obviously the biggest canadian comedy is also some of the biggest american comedy like you know Jim Carrey is that like, Canadian like, comedy, like the Red Green show? Okay, or but is Mike or, Myers Canadian comedy? Or yeah, is, I
0: think. So. Well, yeah. he he is. I mean, a, I think so too. But. I think I think so too. Uh, or Kids in the Hall, yeah, or yeah. you know,
1: um, SCTV. SCT- but obviously, SCTV. Red Green is very Canadian as far as talking about Canadian
0: subjects, and, right. and things like. This. But I mean, there's a certain there's a certain um, the Canadian humor is is very dry and very uh, I don't know. There's a certain um, I don't know how to put my finger on it. I just know it when I... It Look, I, think, like- I think
1: we grew up freezing our asses off and pissed off about it. <laughs> um, we grew up overwhelmed by American media mm-hmm. and are very much aware that we're not American. Mm-hmm. And so we're an outsider looking in to this whole other world. And you can kind of uh, sometimes see things that other people don't necessarily see in american culture you know just because when you come to america it's a surprise Mm -hmm. wow people are really 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 into sports down here oh yeah you know like you know look how crazy everyone's going over that high school football team wow that's crazy and you sort of you see that whereas everybody else screaming doesn't notice because that's been the way it's been going on forever sure you know there's millions of little things like that so when you're you know a comedian and you're analyzing the world around you right and then you you know, you come to a strange land, right, and all of a sudden are looking around, you sort of pick up on some things. And 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 I think there's also coming from from Canada, there's a bit of a national sort of insecurity in a way. It's like, hey, we're the little brother, you know, but we you know, nobody knows who the capital of our country That's an excellent analogy. Nobody knows who we are. Um, I wanna jump up and, and 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 act out. And uh, and uh, and uh, and then also you would say you know uh, I don't know if you can tell that I've thought about this but you can you can say that there's a you know there's a, a, con- a different cultural background I mean we're much more conservative in a lot of ways you know we have a British sensibility
0: the Commonwealth sensibility so mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of things happening there it is interesting and I'm always fascinated by 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 Canada's identity because you know you have French influence and British influence and American influence and and you know and what does it really mean to be what does it really mean to be Canadian to you? And is it shitty that some people are like, oh, it's like America. And I like, I tell people when they when they go perform in Canada, like just for laughs, I'm like, listen, we, if you've never performed in Canada, we do s- technically speak the same word language. But we don't necessarily speak exactly the same cultural language. Yeah. And, you, and they, like they're their own identity. I
1: think the thing that's really interesting about it is, uh, uh, you know, Americans don't necessarily have the, that perspective on the world of what it's like to not be – American, exactly, not be the biggest superpower. We're very in Very narcissistic. So as you a grow culture. up being the biggest superpower in the world, and 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 because your media is is so big, and that's overwhelming, you don't get as many of those sort of outside influences from outside of the borders of America and outside of the borders of American media. So you know, like I was just in Scotland, and and you talk to a Scottish person, and they really make it clear to let you know, hey, we're not. We're not English, right? You know, we're not English. Okay, uh, you go to <laughs> Australia and you meet some, or you, you meet someone from New Zealand, and you say, "Are you Australian?" No, what are you talking about, mate? I'm not Austra- Australian. I'm from New Zealand, and they get offended by it. Yeah, it's it's sort of a similar thing here. The difference being, you know, that Canada and America are so so, so close together. America is such a worldwide influence on, on on pop culture and media and and what we consider fun and music and all these things that that sometimes it can be. Um, comical, I think, more than anything else. Like it's it's funny when, you know, like I, 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 nine out of ten people I meet when they ask where I'm from and I say Ottawa, they, they look at me with this sort of look on their face like, like they don't even register that it's in Canada. They sort <laughs> of have this look on their face where, oh, I'm not going to say anything because I don't know where the fuck that is, is that, right?
2: Is that Nebraska? But, it, but it's the, a yeah, is that in the
1: Midwest somewhere? I've never heard of a basketball team from there, so I don't know where that is. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but it's the capital of the second largest country in the world and the biggest trading partner with the US and it's just a few hundred miles from the American border. You can just and, go there. You yeah, can just yeah. if
0: you have a passport, you can just so go it's there. That's funny.
1: But I mean if you went up to anybody in in Ottawa, Canada and asked them if they knew where St. Louis was, you know, they'd look at you like you were an idiot for asking them, you know, because we're sort of aware we're, we're surrounded by American media.
0: So we are so, we are so, uh, culture centric. I'm, I'm so wrapped up on ourselves and that, that we don't, we, we just don't spend any time getting to it's know. I
1: don't think it's anything anybody personally decides to do. I think it's because, you know, we're, we're brainwashed. I, I mean, I've li- I live in, I've lived here in LA for 12 years. I, you know, I, I love it here, you know, and, and I, most of my friends are, are American. I have a lot of Canadian friends too. And uh, and uh i'm not bagging on it in any way i'm just saying it's sort of a it's sort of a, a the nature of the beast where you know you've got 300 and something million people here there's a huge economy based around the media and they're going to just sort of do what appeals to people and if that's you know watching kim kardashian buy a louis vuitton bag if pe- more people are going to watch that than
0: something about uh canada or It's so weird having a media economy. It's so weird having a media economy because it's it's like it's not it's not a it's not a tangible thing. It's not a it's not it's like what do they export? Well, they export uh, experiences (laughs) that they've put on a tape, moving images. I don't know exactly. I don't know. But you know, when you're in Europe. It's just the the, the landmass is 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 like people the the cultures are much uh, it's much more diverse. So yeah. I feel like you know you're going to be more aware of you know uh, Portugal or Spain or Italy or England because everything's just kind of like that. EU is just a little more tightly packed, but America is this giant fucking bubble. Yeah, that we just it's just easy to get wrapped up in ourselves. Yeah,
1: well, yeah, and without even being able to control what you get wrapped up in, you're we're we're all being told what we're wrapped up in every day when we turn on the TV. You know, it's you know it's. uh not really up to you and i it's you know i mean look we're we're people that are in the media we analyze what's going on but 99 percent of people don't they, mm-hmm. they turn on real housewives of orange county is on <laughs> bah, 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 oh, i want to get that bag i'm they just go, watching they our chief exports they go to work <laughs> and everybody at their office is saying well i want to get that bag so then all of a sudden <laughs> getting some bag is the most important thing in the world right yeah. where it's really just everyone's kind of been brainwashed Right.
0: <laughs> just a little bit, and I feel like we've we've infected some of the, like all the westernization of other cultures, I'm like that's part of the, that's part of the vampire bite yeah. uh, that they
2: get. It's true, I mean, I you know, I, I grew up in uh, Hawaii, on Oahu, and um, you know, Hawaii has a, a lot of resentment towards just becoming a state, and the yeah. way it was done, it was done Probably really, very
1: similar to what I'm talking about. Yeah, right? it's just very,
2: yeah. very illegal, but, but we're still a state, mm-hmm. and we're still very American, uh, and there's just this weird, it's like we're Americans, but we don't like it. We don't like being Americans. And um, there's just a weird... Really? I didn't
1: realize that. Well, I mean... So, Would you rather be oh. Japanese? Because you almost were, almost were, <laughs> almost were. No, but there's just like
2: there's. It's just the the way the way it went down is is the part yeah. that upsets a lot of people. And then yeah. the it's uh, the, the way the uh, Native Hawaiians were treated uh, it, even worse so than the uh, the Native Americans out here. They're yeah. just like they don't even. There's no place in Hawaii where they say, "Here's your reservation. Here, here's your plot of land for you to do what you want with." There's none of that. Right, right. And it was done uh, literally at uh, like I think gunpoint was like the way it was signed over. Sure, uh, but. And the the thing is, it's like it's like how much the resentment there is, but the, how much they just embrace it at the same time. Yeah, there's yeah. no there's no fighting it because you are an American.
0: I do, and I and I do love. I mean, I don't want it to sound like I don't. I I make fun of America a lot because you know I lo- I do love it, and I and as a comedian, I get to, I feel like we have the perspective of touring. So much of our country or Canada or the or the world that most people never get to see. You know, like we really see the nooks and crannies as touring touring comedians. Yeah. And America is is a wonderful place and one on one, people are very sweet and very cool, you know. Just as a whole, I feel like large groups of people make kind of puzzling decisions sometimes yeah. About, yeah. about what they what they like as a whole. But any
2: any person that wants to go into power is a piece of shit. That's <laughs> you know that's pretty much any, so? any guy who has a personality type once, like you, you know, I could lead thousands and millions of people. That guy's fucked up. That guy's a fucked up weirdo. I <laughs> you think, think so? Yeah, yeah. There's no. I don't think there's anyone pure of heart that ever thought they could lead an entire nation. I
0: bet they. Except
1: well, they, for Barack Obama Barack from Obama Hawaii. From
0: Hawaii. Yeah. I think everyone starts. <laughs> here's what I think happens. It's it's the. It's. I think and Rick Perry. <laughs> it's. I think it's super president. And I think it's. Uh, I, I think what happens is when you're young, you kind of have this idealistic view of everything. Sort of like when you're a kid, and your teacher's kind of a dick, and you're like, you know what? I'm gonna be a teacher someday, and I'm gonna be fucking cool. And everyone else and then you start getting into the nuts and bolts of it and you're like, Oh, I'm the teacher now, other kids are kinda of being dicks. Okay, calm down, you guys. Hey, I'm just trying to be hey, hey, sit the fuck down. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're like you're guy. in a system. I think it's I think it's a two way system. You know, you may be a little predisposed to becoming a dick, but the system also kinda punches you in the tits enough that you'd start becoming yeah. a little bit of a a bit of a dick. Yeah, absolutely. What's what what are your uh, w- we're all turning into assholes? Every
2: day. <laughs> turning into I
0: feel like that happened for me a long yeah. time ago. Yeah. Are there what, what are there what, are there parallels between um like what, what what's a typical are the Canadian news are do you guys sensationalize like we do or are you guys not above really, no. that? Not really. Oh, thank god. Was it fact based? That's weird.
1: Uh, you know, it there's just not the same sort of competitiveness for ratings in Canada. Um, so. It's, it's, it's just, it's just more, uh, yeah, it's probably more fact based, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and less fear based. Well, what's yeah. the,
2: uh, Canada has a, like a national program for the arts and entertainment, right? Sure.
1: Well, there's a, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I believe yeah. there's, there's tons of that and there's lots of public broadcasting in Canada too.
2: So do you think that takes away, uh, from, you know, the competition?
1: Uh, yeah, it does. I mean, I think, you know, look, there's, there's. There's a ton of positive things about the American media too. I, right? I mean, it's it, you have that many people watching, you have that much competition. It's gonna create a huge industry, and that's why
0: you have lots of Canadians from Canadian
1: television who move down here and are living here and working here. And we all work, myself
0: in, included. We all, yeah, exactly. We all yeah. work in the American media. Obviously, yeah. obviously, we're able to benefit from it uh, in in certain ways, yeah. uh, which is which is really great. I just, I love. I really do love going to Canada and I love the different, I mean, I, I have never been to Ottawa and I've never been to Edmonton, but I've been to Montreal and Toronto and, and Vancouver a bunch and some surrounding areas and, you know, Victoria and, and, uh, and, and, they each, they each have their own really great identity, yeah. uh, that I really appreciate individually about each one. But what are some other places that, you know, as an, if I'm an American and I am who I, and I just want to go tour Canada, what, what are some good places people should visit?
1: Well, if you want to drive across the whole country, you could do it in about a month and actually enjoy yourself and stop and look at stuff. So that, that's kind of interesting because the, the changing landscape is what's really kind of neat. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it is, it uh, is. you know, imagine if you were to drive across America, but there was one-tenth or, you know, one-twentieth as many, how many, I don't know, there's there's 30 mil, one-tenth as many people. There's right. 30 million people roughly in Canada. So you have these massive... Ranges of mountains and massive prairies and things that you'll pass through, where you'll sometimes forests, where you'll sometimes go for days without seeing a, you know a, a even a medium sized city, you know, and uh, so that's exciting and you get to see it all and you get to see all of our you know you know the thing is if someone said well I want to go to Canada and they pick one of the four major cities, our major cities are probably the most Americanized thing. You Absolutely, know? you know, you go to Vancouver, it's kind of like Seattle. You go to Toronto, it's kind of like New York. Mm-hmm. You go to Montreal, it's it's kind of a, like a European yeah. city, kind of more more of a European city, Yeah. more like London or or Paris or something. Um, but um, you know, all cities are pretty much the same these days. I mean, this is something I kind of have become more increasingly annoyed with the more I tour. Is every city is the same? Everywhere you go in America, Canada, Australia. You know, every city's got a Starbucks in every city. you Uh get up in the morning. It's like, you know, I remember when I went to Sydney, Australia, I was so excited. I've never been to Australia. And I get up in the morning in my hotel and... I go downstairs and I order my triple grande vanilla latte, the same thing that I order every fucking day in every other fucking city in the world, you know, and then I go, you know, you go eat your Burger King and your McDonald's and it's so it's sort of can be frustrating. So when I'd say to, I'd say to people if they went to Canada to get out off the beaten track, you know, yeah. because that's where you're going to see some real natural beauty and you're going to see things that are completely unique to Canada. The Rocky Mountains, go to Banff, uh, go do some skiing or snowboarding out at Whistler or in that area or... Go to the East Coast, Halifax or Newfoundland is really out of the sort of uh, almost like
0: Ireland up there. I would love yeah. to. I'm really, I really do want to tour across Canada. And, yeah. I mean, not not stand up tour, but like tour as as a tourist. Yeah, and because I feel like part of part I feel of like Canada's ambassador to your show today, because I, I, you know.
1: I'm talking a lot about Canada here, aren't you? It I? is.
0: Well, I'm fast, I'm like but, Mr. Canada today. But, but I'm a, but I'm asking just because I'm sincerely I'm sincerely curious yeah. to, just as an American because I feel like I feel like most Americans, you know, unfortunately are like, "Ah, it's Canada. It's just like America." And, and I've spent enough time there to go parts of it are, but but it's really not. It's a different culture and, you know, like it's and because I feel like, ah, Canada's our brother. We should kind of go up there and sort of experience what it's like because yeah. it, it's so easy to go there it's just it's yeah. a whole other country and it's easy yeah, to just go right there. there it's yeah. we'll yeah. let you guys in we can let us yeah. in because yeah. because i feel like part of the you know the gift of technology of the gift of localizing the planet with technology is that oh we you know we have we can communicate with each other instantaneously at all times and the downside i think is what you were saying about how every community is becoming the same yeah. because it's like, oh, they've got that. We can have that too. And then yeah. it's like you never have to leave. It's, then it's like you didn't leave. Yeah, like, I talk oh, well, about
1: what's... this type of thing when I do stand up. You know, at some certain points in my show, this is sort of important to me. You know that 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 people are aware of the fact that we are overwhelmed by this media culture and not necessarily always, um, you know, uh, as protective of this of our, our world and our culture as we could be, you know, our traditions. And, you know, if, you know, you go to any small town in America now and, you know, the Walmart set up and all the main street shut down. And so now every small town in America or every town in America is sort of, you drive into the city and you drive through the corporate mall structure. Mm -hmm. Oh, there's your Bed Bath & Beyond, your Cheesecake Factory, your, you know, your, your Ikea, your Houston's restaurant, your your TGI Fridays, your Be- Banana Republic—they're all built the same way. It's a major corporation that comes in and basically builds a town beside every town, so that the town goes dead.
0: And you know, I, I can't stand that kind of stuff. But that, but yeah. but I think the onus—I mean, or I think I think the responsibility does fall a lot on the consumers as well, because they do, I mean, there is sort of a social Darwinism that happens, Is like, well... Yeah, it's
1: like saying it's the responsibility of somebody who gets brainwashed, right? <laughs> it's their it's their fault that they went out and, and, and you know... And yeah, you maybe, didn't but, I, but, I, but I just I think... Mean, people are brainwashed, you know, you turn on the TV and the Super Bowl's on, and you go, oh, I gotta drink Budweiser, and I gotta go to the Cheesecake Factory, and I gotta watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians, and people are walking around, they don't, they, they're... You know, Most people are spending their time trying to figure out how to make enough money to pay their bills so that they can feed their family. Mm -hmm. They're not sitting around analyzing what is actually happening while they're watching television. They're just watching it (laughs) because it's glowing in the corner and it's sort of entertaining them. And then all of a sudden they have this urge to go take all this money that they made. Oh, I went and go spend it on a bunch of crap that they don't need. Mm Mm-hmm. And
0: uh, meanwhile, the rich just keep getting richer, right? Yeah, I guess yeah. so. Um, listen, all I want to do is make a hundred million dollars from this show, and then and then I w- <laughs> I'm completely on board all of that media taking over stuff. Yeah. if we can just. Exploited enough? Oh yeah. For the, we personally make hundred. Then and then and then I kind of wanted to. Then yeah. I kind of wanted to go away. That's not weird, right? That's no, okay. That's, that's that's normal. I, I come. I'm, that's I'm, the problem. <laughs> <laughs> I come. I'm, I'm from the south. I mean, like I grew yeah. up and I grew up in Tennessee, and yeah. I was born in Kentucky, and so I mean, I, I've I definitely and you know that that part of the country has such a rich history some of it's a little dark but uh or a lot dark but uh just in terms of like the things that happened there but but still well, it, it is kind of a bummer to well there, there well, was I a war and happened? then some of some of the southerners had a oh, weird idea about what had happened know. but uh, <laughs> but 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 you do see a lot of like oh that's too bad they knocked down that that was like 150 years old and yeah. now it's uh yeah. Now it's a Chili's. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. kind of a, that, that's kind of a bummer. But you know, if no one is, if no one is patronizing that thing, yeah. like wh- where where does wh- where does the responsibility fall? I think maybe some of it falls on the consumers. Like support you know support local businesses if you can.
2: Yeah, that's yeah. What I think the best way to do it. It's like you know, act, yeah. literally like you know, act locally.
0: Yeah, but think globally. Someone should put mm. that on a fifty million bumper stickers.
2: But don't don't think globalization.
0: No. Well, there's a lot of caveats in your rule, Jonah. I know you need to go back and work out your manifesto a little bit better.
2: black and white, Chris.
0: You go back to your cabin and work out your <laughs> manifesto. But um, but this has all been completely fascinating to me um, because I I do, as I said, I do love Canada. But the but you're here really to talk about your show, which people should go to on September 30th at the Wilbur Theater in Boston. Uh, our t- tickets, uh, tickets do, are on sale now. We could now. do like a giveaway. We could do a go ticket to Tom giveaway. dot
1: com. You can get a link to the masters selling tickets, and uh, we could do a giveaway. I think I don't know how to do that, but we can do that. I think the thing and, we can uh, do is, and yeah, everybody go. Yeah. Everybody go to TomGreen.com dot com right now and uh, click on the tour section and see uh,
0: where I'm going to be. Even if the, you're driving, Boston, September thirtieth. Uh, um, Sarah at Marleyalessa. Yeah. Okay, so uh, here, so here, here's, here's what we're gonna do. You're gonna give away your assistance info, email yep. address.
2: Yep. It's so, easy, easy to start another email. Yeah. You know. I no, it's, it's
0: fine. All right. Talking to my people right now, my peeps. No worry. Okay, I got
2: entourage of one. I got
1: people. I got, I got people.
0: <laughs> so what? So what we should what we should have people do is if they can uh, if they can name ten Canadian cities without going online. Then they can email those 10 Canadian cities. Yeah, how are they cities. going
2: to email them if they don't go online? How do you prove... I mean to look up. How do we the, prove
0: that? We go on the honor system. Yeah, okay, okay. That's cool. We go, we go on the honor system. They have to be spelled correctly, too. Right? They have to be spelled correctly. <laughs> they're chief
2: major export. And yeah. you
0: don't, they don't have to be in order of population density. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they just have to be 10 Canadian cities that you, on your honor, didn't look up. Um, no townships. No. <laughs> well, wait a minute. Are we talking about... Uh, uh, do hamlets count?
2: Mm.
0: What about a fiefdom? A fiefdom? Um, what do you what? What? Uh, how many tickets do you have to give away? Whatever. So let's give away. Let's give away ten ten tickets or ten pairs of tickets. Ten pairs. Wow, this is almost like a radio show now. Oh. There you go. Pairs, ten uh, pairs of tickets. Hang on a, a sec. We're gonna. You see. got Tommy
2: Green. Here. It is a
0: snarl out there on the five. You yeah. guys, a, a beanie baby truck turned over. All right. So if you go to uh, Sarah S A R A H at Marlea Leslie M A R L E A H L E S L I E dot com. Sarah at Marlea Leslie dot com. Uh, and and the, so the I guess let's say you know like the first ten people that can name ten Canadian cities without looking them up, we'll get a pair of tickets to see Tom Green Tape is special uh, at the Wilbur. Awesome. Ooh. Which is gonna that that have you played played the Wilbur before? Yeah, once before I, I loved it. I'm That's looking great. forward to coming back.
1: I love Boston. I love the people in Boston. Uh, definitely uh, love stand up and have a lot of. Great stand-ups from there, so I'm looking forward to going back.
0: Excellent. Well Tom Green, thank you so much for coming on the the show today. And yeah, uh, thank this you. has been really awesome and, and really it nice. Is. I feel like you know, I feel like we met sort of in passing over the years. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, and it's really it's nice to actually just sit down and be able to to have a chat with sit you. Sit so. down
1: and hang out and record it and put it on the internet for everyone to
0: listen to. And
2: then never speak once the record buttons <laughs> off.
0: Yep. Yep. <laughs> no, not to go. End of show. Enjoy your burrito. Thanks, man. Thanks, Tom. Now leaving
2: Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito.